everyone, welcome to Olga Davidson podcast. And today I want to share our joint relationship coaching episode with my soulmate and my husband, Michael Davidson. Good day, everyone. I'm super excited about today's episode. We are going to talk about a bit about how we met, some relationship advice and some tricks we use to make sure that our relationship is the best thing ever. Yes, I'm excited to share our story. So first off, let's talk about how we met. So we met in 2018 at Tony Robbins. And for those who don't know, Tony Robbins is a personal development coach and he's trained millions of people and he, he's pretty famous. He has a Netflix series, I Am Not Your Guru is the name of it. So you can check it out there and you can see kind of what he does. So we were at the New York event and it was absolutely incredible. There was 10,000 people there at the stadium and one day it was the relationship day and Tony Robbins basically said, you know, if you're looking for your your soulmate, let me know if you're ready. So I'm there sitting down front row and I'm like, I am ready to meet my soulmate. Right, yelling at the top of her lungs. And then right after that, I walk up the stairs and I see Olga and I'm like, oh my God, that's my wife with this intuition that comes to my head. And I felt the need to connect with her. So I gave her a high five and I went upstairs to the cafeteria and then came back. And then when I sat down, I was like, oh my God. Did she feel what I felt? Like, did she know she's my future wife? <laughs> and I look back and I'm trying to get eye contact with her. And this was, I think, day two of the seminar. And this was about four days. And I go up there later on and give her another high five and uh, want to connect with her. And then the next day, I did not see you at the same spot. And if you can imagine, there's about 10,000 people there. And it's not assigned seating, so you can sit anywhere you want in this massive stadium. So I have to find my potential future wife in 10,000 people. And it was extremely difficult. So on the last day, which was Sunday, November 11th, I was running around the halls trying to find her. And, you know, I had to give it my all because if I did not find her, I would have massive regret in my life because I'm like, what if she would have been my wife? What if my intuition was real? I would have potentially lost a whole lifetime with her. And that was really shocking if I didn't get to find her. So I ended up on the last day seeing her in the halls. But before that... The moment we saw each other, I felt like I've seen him somewhere, maybe in Ukraine or in Transnistria where I lived before or maybe in my past life. But I really felt that his eyes are very familiar. And then we were lost. And at the very last minute of the seminar, I felt urged to go somewhere. My intuition was like, you should be somewhere else right now. You should go somewhere. And I didn't feel comfortable in my seat. So I started to move. And eventually I moved to cafeteria and I've got some water and I walked down the hall. I tried to open bottle uh, of water and somewhere is like, hey. <laughs> so as soon as I saw her, I've been looking for you know several days. So I see her, I'm like, hey, you. And like, come over here, I have to talk to you. Because inside, this was my future wife, right? So I basically went up to her and I said, listen, there's nothing more than I would love to do than take you on a date tomorrow. And tomorrow was my birthday, November 12th. 
And uh, she's like, is it really your birthday? I'm like, it's actually my birthday. Let's go on a date. And she's like, sure. I'm like, can I have your number? And then she told me to follow her on Instagram, which was kind of <laughs> heartbreaking. I was like, oh my God, like she's not going to give out her number to me. That sucks. But that's the modern life, I guess. So I slid into her DMs the next day. <laughs> we went on a date and uh, we started at a coffee shop. And then we went to the Rockefeller Center and gave her a kiss on the cheek. We had an amazing time. At the end of the night, she bought me a drink for my uh, my birthday. So we got a glass of wine. You've got us a nice dinner. Yes. <laughs> I treated you with a glass of wine. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. <laughs> and what was amazing was at the end of the night, we felt this deep connection. And the, the kind of the challenge or the, the current obstacle, which we had to overcome, was she was in America and I was in Canada. And if we wanted to make it work, we would have to make something happen. So I said, listen... If you are looking for the best time of your life, come visit me in Canada and I promise it'll be the absolute best time that you've ever experienced traveling. So she literally pulled up Expedia app and booked a flight. She's like, what, what day works for you? I looked at my calendar. It was Friday, two weeks from now. She's like, great. I'll see you there. And she literally booked it from Friday to Tuesday. So we had like a four-day date and we have only saw each other pretty much went on one date. So that is incredible and also crazy because I could have been some maniac serial killer. So uh, how did you know if you're going to fly and meet some guy you just met at Tony Robbins conference, how do you go about that? Yeah. So first, I didn't want to give him my phone number because uh, I used to work as a bartender for a while in New York. And it was very normal that guys were coming to the bar trying to meet some girls. And every night I would just have a, a pail of business cards and I would just throw them out at the end of the night. And it was just my first uh, response being like, oh, just follow me on Instagram. But at the same time, I was like, hmm, he's cute and he's Canadian. So maybe one day I'll marry him and move to Canada. So I, I had like absolutely opposite two thoughts <laughs> in my mind because I felt something as well. And he said it's his birthday. And uh, I said, okay, I, I thought maybe it's a sign. And then I said, that sounds good, but I actually have to do uh, homework for my real estate development projects. And it's a huge project and I have very limited time. And he said, oh, great. I do real estate development, so I, I can help you. I was like, hmm, that's another sign. Because uh, I was actually trying to find a tutor to help me with that project. But it's very narrow field and it's really hard to find somebody who uh, could help you was that and Michael was able to help and we've met for the date he helped me with homework and then I saw a book on his computer and the name of the book was my very own book and uh, something else clicked because as they say uh, smart is new sexy right so I thought oh wow he's actually he's so much into self-development he we've met the Tony Robbins seminar um, he's writing a book and he's very nice and polite and yeah, so we ended up at the restaurant. We had a drink and uh, we had amazing time. He was talking about how he can't wait to introduce me to his parents, mm -hmm. <laughs> which was a little bit weird. I thought maybe it's a pickup <laughs> trick, <laughs> but apparently he was sincere and uh, he invited me to Canada and I love traveling and I, I, I didn't think I could meet uh, many at Tony Robbins seminars, so I agreed. Then he disappeared. 
he said, okay, I'm landed and he disappeared. And, but yeah. he was watching all my stories on Instagram. <laughs> so yeah, one thing that I did not want to do was screw this up. So I was concerned if I were to message her continually or too much, that would be bad, right? So if I said like, good morning, sunshine, good afternoon, good night, hope you sleep well, that generally my experience of mine detracts women. So what I did was the complete opposite. I said, this girl matters to me a lot. What I'm going to do is I'm not going to message her pretty much at all. Other than her birthday, I'm just going to stay distant. I'm yeah, going to like all of her photos. One week after his birthday. Yeah, so I would follow all of her stories, look at them, like all of her posts, but I didn't want to come on too strong, which is something that I, I really did not want to do and ruin it. So... What I did instead was I focused my time on an itinerary. So I had two weeks. I basically built an itinerary out for every single minute. I think it was in 15-minute time intervals of exactly everything we'd be doing. But before I did that, I called a bunch of my mentors or people that I looked up to or worked with that are senior than me. And basically, I said, hey, I, I picked up the phone. I called them. And I said, hey, man, what do you think about this situation. I met this beautiful girl at a Tony Robbins conference. She's absolutely stunning. She has a great personality. I think she could be my future wife. What should I do? And one of my friends said, you know what you should do? You should take her to McDonald's. Because if you take her to McDonald's and you start at the lowest level, then it's only up from there. And she will leave you if she's faking after your money. So you got to go <laughs> to McDonald's first and slowly build up from there. If she loves you for who you are, that's kind of who you want. Bad advice. And you know, I said, oh my God, thanks so much for the advice. <laughs> and then, you know, call the next person. And the next person said, listen, if it's... A woman that could be your future wife and she's as stunning as you're describing her and she has a great personality what you got to do is exceed all expectations because there's probably a million guys trying to win her heart over and marry her so you got to go above and beyond everything so um think about exactly what you need to do but just blow her socks off and show her a good time so I took the latter advice because it seemed a little better. And what ended up happening was I developed this itinerary. So as soon as she landed, I was dressed to the nine. I had like Python dress shoes, a custom made suit. I had Bell and chocolates, flowers ready. I paid her taxi. Uh, we went for a workout together, couples workout. We went for a swim. We went down to Quebec around the old port. We then showed her uh, poutine the next day is a French kind of fries and gravy and cheese for those who don't know. And it, it was absolutely amazing. The next day we went to Ottawa and then we ended up going to my parents' house on the yes, third day. He introduced me to his parents on the third date, which yeah. is crazy. And I just, I was like, mom, please do not <laughs> screw this up because sometimes she just embarrasses me so much. <laughs> And she kind of did. She was showing Olga naked pictures of me in a bathtub when I was born on like the first time, which was super awkward. But we got a family photo on I day three. I enjoyed those pictures. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we basically hung out and we did a tour around the parliament, which is Canada's kind of main government building. And then... We went to Spanardique. Yeah, Spanardique. Like massage on the top of the mountain. Yeah, very romantic. <laughs> yeah, we... we I booked Spawner Deke's couples massage 
right by their waterfall. Spawnardique is North America's largest spa. It's in Chelsea, Quebec. If you ever go to Ottawa, 20 minutes away, absolutely worth it. One of my favorite things to do in the world. So that was pretty much the weekend, fully booked up minute to minute. And then on Tuesday, we woke up and we ended up flying. You, you ended up flying out and I stayed back. But there was one part we missed, which was the the day where you called me your boyfriend. So after introducing her to my parents, she is on the phone with her classmates and she goes... And I'm still doing my project. And... Uh, I needed I needed a proper excuse why I was delaying my part of the project. And I said, uh, guys, um, I was actually at my boyfriend's house. He just introduced me to his parents. And I'm sorry, I'll send everything to you tomorrow. And he was like, boyfriend? Yeah, I was shocked because she just called me her boyfriend. I didn't ask her out yet. So in my head, I was like, yes. And before she came, I was mess. I wasn't text messaging her, but I was text messaging all my friends, being like, "I got a new girlfriend." Before like, I think I found my my future wife and all that stuff. So um, I said, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Playing a little hard to get. I said, "Listen, we got to go for a walk and discuss this because this is an international dating thing going on." So we went for a walk with my dog Lenny, and I said, "You know what? Let's make it happen." We're going to go international for a while. And then if it all works out in May, pretty much, you'll come move to Canada and we'll make it work. And that was pretty much when we dated on December 2nd, 2019. Yes, and we've got married. December 2nd, 2019, we uh, signed the papers in City Hall. We're still expecting our wedding. It was delayed because of COVID, but hopefully it will happen next summer. Yeah, we got married within a one year and we'll talk about that a bit later. It was a little bit crazy there. Fast, yeah, it was fast. Um, How do you know when you know, right? Yeah, we had a, we popped a nice bottle of champagne when we started dating. So what was funny was I had a bottle prepared in, <laughs> at the house in case we started <laughs> Meanwhile, dating. Meanwhile, he's like, wait a second. <laughs> and I was yeah. so surprised because in my culture, uh, guys usually don't ask. There is no words, there is actions and we judge by actions. So I was sure, and he was trying to play a little bit with words. It was funny. Yeah. And let's, let's talk about our cultural differences, because you're from Russia. Well, Transnistria. Transnistria, the country, which one doesn't exist on the map. There is a documentary about Transnistria, if you want to know, and it is so weird. What's the name of it? Transnistria, probably. Soviets. 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 It's 30 minutes. We'll put it in the show notes. It's, a, yeah. it's, it's like a, a country that's stuck 50 years ago. And it's in kind Soviet of... Union. Soviet Union doesn't exist anymore, but the country is still there and people are there. Yeah. And they have their own currency, their own president, their own money. And the coins are actually made of paper. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's talk about that. We had some major cultural differences. Did you want to talk about that? Yeah, we did have some cultural differences and uh, we had a few concerns and we were kind of shy to talk about this because at that point we only dated for three or four weeks. And before I had to fly back home, we, we decided to take MDMA session to open up a little bit more and to be honest and uh, to talk through all the issues we had on the background of our minds. And... Uh, Apparently, once we took it, we were like, da, 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 da. 
<laughs> it was so much to say. But just in 45 minutes, we discussed everything with a truth and full love and acceptance. And we were good to go. And uh, it, it is not something what I would recommend to do everyone because uh, first you should check. Um, if it's not legal in every country and it should be clean and uh, the setting should be right and the person you're doing that with it should be right but on TED Talks and uh, some uh, psychotherapists recommend to do that once in a while as a couple therapy and uh, they even said that it's recommended to do once in every six months but after that we started to practice uh, weekly follow-ups and once we started to do that we didn't take Molly at all we just do the uh, weekly follow-up every Sunday. And it's something what Michael introduced to our relationship because he's a, such a businessman and he loves to manage everything. <laughs> it's funny because we do have relationship management calls or meetings every week. I love managing life and business. So we came up with a routine every week where we basically have four questions and then an action plan. So the questions go, what am I doing well? What am I doing not so well? Or what areas can we improve on for me? And then what is your partner doing well? And then what are some areas of improvement of your partner? So this is absolutely amazing. And what I love about this, it gives me a chance to talk about all the things I did for the family, whether it was cleaning up around the house, putting the firewood away or doing all that. And then it also gives me the chance to talk about the things that I kind of fell short on, which is good. So when she talks about the stuff that I've potentially did wrong, it gives her maybe the less... She doesn't want to beat me up as much if I'm already aware of what I've done wrong, which is super helpful. And then giving her some positive feedback on what she's done and appreciating all the work that she's done. And then also giving her feedback on areas where she can improve. And what's amazing is what we've done is split up our roles. So I take care of any type of construction, any type of building related stuff. So if something breaks, I have to fix it, for example. Any kind of like stereotypical man tasks I would be taking care of. And then she takes care of kind of traditional cleaning and home homemaking, cooking, cooking cleaning, all that type of stuff. And what's really interesting about the clear delineation of our roles, which I highly recommend you do in, in a relationship is kind of divide things, is you know exactly when things aren't being done and it's on your responsibility. So for example, Olga was cleaning the clothes and she was putting a bunch of clothes on the couch and on the counters and because I set up the clothesline. So the clothesline, because we're off grid right now at our cottage, we didn't have anywhere to dry the clothes. So I had all the equipment to dry the clothes. I could set it everything up and I didn't do that. So I'm getting like upset. I'm like, oh my God, she knows I don't like when she puts the wet clothes on the couches. But then because of the clear role delineation, I know that that's my responsibility. And it's technically my fault that the line isn't set up because I have everything to do it. Everything's ordered. I have all the, the machinery to set it up. And then it's just like, I'm getting angry at myself. I'm like, well, the reason why she's doing that, that's upsetting you is actually your fault. So what I do is I set it up and showed her how to use it. And then she's like, oh my God, okay, now I can do that. So it's amazing what 
the roles and responsibilities can do for a relationship in terms of how we help each other. And then what's also good about the weekly checklist and the four questions is afterwards, what we do is we have an action plan. So after every week, normally we do it on Sundays unless there's a holiday, then we might push it to Monday if we have people over or something like that. But generally speaking, we have an action plan and the following week we check if we've done everything on the action plan. So that's, that's super helpful in a relationship. At the beginning, I was a little bit resistant to this practice because it felt scary. But once you start doing that, it's actually very easy and it becomes fun. We even make jokes about any issues arising and any couple has some things arising, but it's uh, the way of how you manage it. You can be playful about that and have fun uh, or you can have bad fights. So it's up to us how to manage it. And even the things which is our areas for improvement, it's not something bad, but it's just area of improvement. And don't uh, never be afraid of being perfect because you'll never be. Yeah. What I loved about that was when, for example, you have your roles and responsibilities delineated, sometimes something will happen, for example, like if Olga was supposed to do the bed in the mornings and it wasn't done, I have a choice where I can either complain and say, oh, she didn't do that. Therefore, I'm going to be upset at her, which isn't productive at all. Or what I'm going to do is I'm going to be like, hey, baby, I got you. I'm going to make the bed today. No worries. And it's just a completely different mindset around it. It's like, I have an opportunity to add some extra points on the weekly report, right? I'm super excited. I'll do it. I'll do some extra vacuuming because I get that dopamine hit of like, oh, check marks. I, I did so much this week. And, and that really contributes to our relationship, which makes me happier, which in turn makes you happier. So even if somebody doesn't do their roles and responsibilities, you have this opportunity to kind of cover for them. And, and that's something we also do sometimes. Is, uh, we also heard this in a TED Talks where the person mentioned that they do check-ins daily where they talk about their kind of level of energy. So for example, if I wake up and I'm just, just full of energy and I'm like a 10, and Olga wakes up and she's like a six. So it's like, how are you doing today? It's like, oh, I'm doing great. And she's like, I'm not doing great. It's like, don't worry. I got you. I'll cover you. No problem. And then if the opposite is true, where like I'm having a bad day, because it does happen. I just go, hey, babe, like I'm having a bad day. I'm grumpy. I'm sassy. I didn't get good sleep last night. Can you cover us? And Olga will be the one that will potentially help me out. She'll make sure I'm getting fed properly and she'll do extra chores, for example. Maybe a massage, shoulder massage, some kisses, extra loving. Yes. And then when there's a, there's a time where sometimes both of us are down, we have to figure out a plan to get through, right? So she's like, wakes up at a five and I wake up at a five and I'm like, oh my God, today's going to be brutal. It's like, okay, well, let's do everything we can to just hold the integrity of the household because no one's covering each other. So we just got to plow through it together. Let's get us our wife. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We just have to survive. (laughs) One thing that's really helpful also with the weekly reporting is you'll find the randomest things that bother your partner. So when I would finish my food, for example, I would put my plate on the right-hand side of the sink, which is like, counter to the flow of it she goes left to right instead of right to left so it's like hey 
your dirty plates are on the wrong side. That's extra work for me. Don't do that. Or, you know, don't put your, your boots on the ground, put them in the closet. And it's like these small things that we can do every day to make each other happier. And it's like so minuscule, doesn't matter. But this is the challenge with most people is they don't communicate. Mm-hmm. And the, the worst is when it accumulates over time and uh, sometimes it accumulates for months, then uh, years and tens and 20 and 40 years. And when it's just uh, something small, it's easier to uh, resolve right away then after 20 or 40 years then it's just too late and the couples getting divorced and then they bring those the same unresolved problems to the next relationship yeah speaking about marriage and divorces and and people getting divorced i think something that people don't talk about often is marriage agreements so this is a super controversial topic right now but i think it's important to discuss a lot of people get married and a lot of people get divorced and they have not the best systems in place for communication and all that type of stuff. But um, we got married within a year. She was an American citizen. I was a Canadian citizen. So the fastest way to get her onto Canada's healthcare and become a resident was through marriage. Um, normally, I wouldn't recommend getting married so quickly. I'd probably recommend seven years or so is what I would normally think. But once you know, you know, and it's so cliche, but you fall in love and it happens so quickly and it just works. So one thing that we wanted to do is just kind of come to an agreement around just understanding what assets do we have before going into the marriage. So she had some investment properties. I had some investment properties. And then what would happen if there was a breakdown? So you get legal independent advice, which is really helpful. Um, and then you, you have everything on paper and you understand exactly what would happen. Yeah. And uh, usually I would be very resistant to this type of um, contracts, but um, I took communication class in New York and uh, there was a, uh, I think it was negotiation class. Yeah. And uh, I wrote a paper on the uh, book named uh, Prenups for Lovers, uh, written by Arlene Dubin. And that book really changed my mind because she said that nobody's getting married to get divorced, but it happens sometimes. And it's a good thing to do for both of you on both sides. So it really changed my mind, made me more open to this type of practices because <laughs> normally in my culture, now nobody would understand me. But it's actually a smart thing to do. And Michael had some fears about his financial stuff. And uh, we just resolved it just with little paper. Yeah, definitely some communication. So one thing that is super important before getting married is telling the truth. That is something that's so underrated. And there was a Netflix special about a guy And he said, at the end of the comedy skit, I'm going to cause a bunch of breakups. I'm going to say one thing and it's going to just disrupt all of your lives. And he said that at the beginning and people were kind of thinking about it. He's going through his, his bits and he was making everyone laugh. And he says, I bet some of you guys are a little anxious because I still got that thing coming up at the end. And at the end of the series, he said, all right, guys. I'm going to say it now. You should ask your boyfriend to have his phone and look through everything. 
And uh, if he has a password, get the password, look through his Snapchat videos, look through his Instagram DMs, look through his text messages, and I guarantee you, you will break up. And he's going to have a sudden urge to go to the washroom right now and delete all the shit he said. So you better not listen to that bullshit and get his phone and see if he's hiding anything from you and vice versa. And it was amazing. And it's so true. There's so many people having these relationships and they're doing all this stuff behind closed doors. So what we decided to do is, one, even though we, we've been together for a there couple of years. There was not a moment when we decided to be open. We just been always open and uh, we always knew each other passwords um eventually i changed my password to his password because it was confusing all the time i was like oh which password should i enter <laughs> and right before the marriage we had a very deep conversation um where we would tell all the truth about all our past lives and all the things we've been holding and we've been holding us back and we just uh, talked we accepted each other for who we are we our love became even stronger and uh, relationship even better and it's so liberating to live without having nothing to hide and uh, uh, when you know each other for who you are and uh, you're not afraid that he will see something accidentally on the phone or uh, you see that he is hiding something that's probably the fulfilling i've been there before it's it's not fun. Yeah, it's definitely not fun if someone's cheating on you or something like that. And what we also did was we just had a conversation about everything, even stuff that wasn't related to when we met, but things we've done that was potentially that we had guilt about, that we was shame behind it. And we just said like, look, I've made mistakes. Here's my mistakes. Because I didn't want to enter a marriage with potential ticking time bombs. Mm -hmm. Because if she knew me for what I've done and the errors I've had in my life, would she still accept me? And if she couldn't accept me, I wouldn't want to marry her because there's only a matter of time, potentially, until things that I've done come out or whatever like that. So what I ended up doing was I just said, hey, look, this is who I am. These are the mistakes I've made. This is how I've grown from that, all that type of stuff. And she had the same moment. She said, look, these are some mistakes in my life. This is what I've done. And we came into their marriage feeling amazing. It's like, oh my God, she's there's somebody accepting me for who I am as a person. And and that's pretty much I think what holds most people back in yeah. pre marriages. It's like, well, you know, I don't want to get married because what if? Yeah. And and all this stuff which I find is is and it's so hard to just be honest with somebody because you don't know what they're gonna say. Mm -hmm. Like they might say, well uh nope, sorry. But that's great. And the earlier you can find that no, they're not interested in you because of your past or something along those lines, the better. Yeah. And there is no such a thing as mistakes or being a bad person. It's just uh, such a thing as the person didn't know better. That's it. It's very understandable. And if you really love person, you just accept. That is beautiful. And the, the other question we've been asking a lot from our friends and uh, family and they are, wow, guys, you look so happy together. You're such an amazing couple. You have such a beautiful story. You are so lucky to have each other. And uh, they see the final picture, but they have no idea what's behind this picture. And besides our work uh, in relationship, 
uh, once we've met, we did lots of work before we even met. And uh, for me, major lessons I've learned was how to love myself, how to be wholehearted and uh, not just find the person who would close some of the holes of Belkin Wessel, right? And I was ready to meet Michael. If we would meet five years ago, I'm not sure if that would work. At the time we met, we were both uh, ready. And Michael on his side, he also, I know, did a lot of work. And one of the biggest influencers for him was Jordan Peterson. And yeah, I would like to ask him to tell us more about that. Yeah, so Jordan Peterson, is he, he's super controversial for a lot of people. I'm not sure why, to be honest. I think he's you know, really working hard at being the best person he at, he can be. And also, if anyone brings data to him, I'm sure he could consider looking at that information and changing his mind on some things. I don't believe everything he says, but I do believe that he's a genuine nice guy and he's a thought leader today. And one day, I was watching some of his YouTube content and he basically just said, men are masturbating too much. And then he just kind of went into other content. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What was that all about? I would love to hear more. So he didn't mention anything more on that video. So I scoured through hours and hours of content trying to understand what he meant by that. And luckily, there was a guy in a Q&A who said, hey, Jordan Peterson, you mentioned that men are drinking off too much. What do you mean? And he just said, listen, if someone's jerking off to the point where it has any negative effect on their life, you should probably not jerk off. And it was so simple. So what I started doing was I started looking up on Google effects of masturbation and porn and all that type of stuff. And what I came across was apparently masturbating to porn, for example, because you, you go down and you watch porn and then it gets into more erotic stuff, different types of role playing, and then you go down the rabbit hole. And then what ends up happening for most people is they have such a crazy amount of dopamine and they're so desensitized to pornography that what ends up happening is they have erectile dysfunction. There's other people that have um, problems from abrasions. So some people recommend using a flashlight, which is uh, important if you are going to masturbate. But I looked at that and I said, that makes total sense. Masturbation causes a bunch of issues because you could masturbate a bunch and then go to have sex with your wife and not even be able to get a boner because you're, you're used to some crazy pornography. So a lot of men right now are jerking off way too much. They're playing way too much video games, trying to level up in a life that's not real. And I, I love video games. I just I just quit them. And, you know, video games once in a while is fine. But I've seen people... I've lived with about 50 men throughout my life. Since university, I basically have had roommates, generally four or five a year in large houses. And for about a decade now, I've been house hacking and trying to save money living in a room and renting out the other rooms. And what I've noticed is most men do not have their life in order. Their rooms are messy. They're masturbating way too much. They don't have any relationships going for them. And they're eating way too much food. They're ordering pizza on apps all the time. And their life is, it's kind of sad and kind of shitty. So what I recommend is try to not masturbate 
female or male, for 30 days. And what you might notice is your brain with the dopamine might start slowing down. When I stopped, I, I stopped for 30 days. I, I just said, I'm going to do a 30-day challenge. I'm going to stop masturbating. Every day my brain was going, oh, wouldn't it be a nice time to masturbate right now? And I was like, oh my God. And then slowly that sensation went away. And it's been like a year and a half now. I haven't masturbated to pornography. And I, my videos. Except for her videos. So she made some videos for me. So whenever she's traveling or not in my house... We basically, I, if I want to masturbate, I can't. So, which is, which is awesome. So, if you I, and still I, staying connected with me, <laughs> and still staying connected, because sometimes you feel disconnected if you're thinking about, if you're fantasizing about other women, and you're watching porn, whether they're real or not. I, I don't think it helps the depth of your relationship, mm -hmm. especially if you want to master such things as uh, tantric sex and being one with your partner and going in a really deep spiritual level of sexuality, which is for me, very attractive. <laughs> so it's just priorities and values. What's your value? What kind of relationship you want to have? And what kind of sex you want to have? A shallow one or really deep and soul connection? Yeah, some, even a lot of men I've talked to, I've given them information I'm like, oh my God, I've, I've tried this new thing that I read in a book or in a podcast and it's changed my sex life. And it's absolutely fucking amazing right now and they're like oh i would never seek tips and advice for, for sexual thing i'm i'm the best at sex and i'm like oh well you know probably probably not right um if you if you don't know there's there's so much information out there to become great at it and really go in depth and have such amazing spiritual experiences that if you're not doing research on how to get better if you're not practicing new things um you're missing out on one of the best things in life is super deep, intimate moments with your partner. Mm -hmm. And another topic I wanted to discuss is intimacy. And that was the topic which Tony Robbins discussed on one of his seminars. And uh, it's really something important and fundamental for any relationship. And uh, he was talking about three use on the feminine sides and three C's on men's sides, which leads to disconnecting couples and to losing uh, intimacy. And for women, three U is being unseen. So woman needs attention all the time. We need compliments. So in Russia, we say that woman loves with her ears. Man loves with his eyes. So being seen for woman is extremely important. The second thing is uh, feeling unsafe. And unsafe means that sometimes we think that, oh, maybe he doesn't love me anymore. Maybe I'm not good enough for him. We always need that reassurance uh, that we loved, that we are the best, that we do so well in relationship and so on. And the third one, what is uh, not understood so whatever your wife or girlfriend is trying to tell you something or complain about something just be present fully present and try to understand and for men three c's is uh, first being criticized nothing worse is to than to be criticized and instead of that, man needs uh, words of encouragement. Even if it's something small, just say, oh my God, honey, I love you. Like you did this. Thank you so much. And once he received that 
gratitude, he wants to do even more, especially remembering small things. Like he gifted you earrings a year ago and after a year, you still happy and you are like, oh my God, this is my favorite earrings. And uh, he really appreciates that you remember that, that you are grateful. And second thing, oh, I slowly went from the first to the second. So the second one is being closed. The other awful thing for man is when his woman become closed and uh, when he tries to communicate with her and she is just not in a mood and she doesn't want to talk to you. And that just paralyzes man. He doesn't know what to do. And uh, instead, just be more playful, just be more loving. And the third one, third C is controlled. Man naturally loves to be leading and being in his masculine energy, leading the family, leading the pack. And once a woman starts to control man, there is two things which can happen. Either he will lay down on the couch and start drinking beer, or he will get really frustrated and will start building up resistance. Absolutely. I love that. So that was something we learned in Tony Robbins that was, I think, credited to somebody else. But it's so true. And shockingly, women and men are different. To some people, Not that's just physiologically. Yeah. So some, some people are like, no, it's impossible. We're all the same. But it's true. For example, men love to solve problems. So when their woman comes up to them and says, oh my God, I had a tough day at work, da 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 or something in my life is not right, the man, the masculine energy wants to just say, I'll, I'll solve your problem. So that's, we just want to solve the problem. But sometimes the woman just want to be hurt. So what's, what's something I've been implemented is if, if she's upset or something along those lines, like, hey, baby, what would you like me to do? Would you like me to just listen and nod and, and not say anything? Or would you like me to give you a solution? Because I can do both. Right? It's like, oh, you know, and you'd be shocked. It's like, actually, I don't want a solution. I just want to, I just want to be upset for a bit. It's like, okay, great. Hold <laughs> yeah, hold me, love me, listen to me. That's one thing. But another thing I wanted to clarify was that from our experience, there's something called polarity in relationships. So you can be a masculine a male, for example, with masculine energy, and you can be a female or a, a male with masculine energy or feminine energy and a female with masculine or feminine energy. So not to just say everyone's heterosexual, everyone's homosexual, all that stuff. It's just like, generally speaking, there's a feminine energy and a masculine energy. And you want to have parity in that. So if, if I'm, I'm like probably 95% masculine and you're pretty much 95% feminine and then I'm 5% feminine and you're 5% masculine. So we have a good balance there. Some people it's 50-50, but some we're... Some people the opposite. Yeah, and we're not... saying yeah. work as well. It's like some females are more masculine than, female, uh, than feminine, right? And that's okay. Nothing against that. But what's super important in relationship is finding somebody that you can have that polarity with. So that's something that's super important in relationships and most people don't think about it. So if you are going to find somebody, there's you, you definitely want to have that polarity. And then one thing we haven't talked about is also the big five personality traits. So what the big five personality traits is, is a 
program. Uh, I'll, we'll update it in the link, but you get to write a questionnaire and then it kind of tells you where you are on the scale for each of these different areas. And it is super important. Most people don't realize this, but something that's super important for me is uh, neuroticism. So I have very low neuroticism, which is neuroticism is somebody who doesn't, uh, who either worries or doesn't worry about the past, present, and future. So I'm, I think, a one percentile. So in a room of 100 people, I'm pretty much worried the least amount out of everybody. And she's 2%. And the average woman is higher in neuroticism than males for good reason. We've evolved this way. Because if a woman's going home alone in the dark or down an alleyway, she'll probably think twice, whereas a man might not. So women are actually more aware of things and more... They're just stronger in a lot of areas that men lack and for good reason. So that was super important for me is I wanted to be with somebody that was low in neuroticism because I don't want somebody worried about a bunch of stuff that you can't control. Like, oh my God, what if we're going to miss the plane tomorrow? It's like, well, why are you thinking about why we're going to miss the plane tomorrow? That doesn't make any sense, right? So generally speaking, some opposites attract, but not always. Like if I, I don't think I would be able to be with somebody who was extremely neurotic, worrying about everything all the time. And the same goes for introversion and extroversion. Generally speaking, you can make it work if someone's super extroverted and super introverted, but probably it won't be as good fit because if somebody always wants to go out and socialize and have fun and the other person always wants to stay in, that's going to be challenging. Also, someone's super conscientious, always hyper aware of everything that's going on and somebody is not conscientious, that's going to be difficult too. So opposites don't always attract. If anything, I think that there's matches that work well together. And generally what you want to do is... Definitely do take the test. I think it's $20 for the one that I recommend. The name of it is Understand Myself. Yeah, Understand it's Myself. by Jordan Peterson, by the way. Yeah, he's great. Understandmyself.ca.com. Um, we'll update it in the show notes. But generally what you want to do is you want to have a wider personality range. So I'm super orderly. I like everything in my house to be really clean. And that can be annoying for some people because if I'm if I'm too clean... Um, if I'm like, hey, you got a vacuum twice a day, like that might not be acceptable for the average person. So knowing yourself and where you are on that range is important because when I was living with roommates, for example, I'm super tidy, super orderly, and they might leave pizza on the counter for two days. And I'm like, that's unacceptable. There's a bunch of germs in the pizza or something like that. But for them, it's like, um, oh, that's just normal. So I'm the weird one and that's normal for them. So giving yourself an understanding of other people as well as your partner is great. And understandmyself.com cross-references your relationships. So we can show our strengths and our weaknesses. But one thing that's one thing I wanted to say that's super funny is um, the time we were in Europe. Just to give you an example of neuroticism, she is very low in neuroticism, and we're catching we're in Europe traveling and the train is leaving in five minutes and she goes to the cafe and orders a coffee and some chocolate croissants. And I'm like, baby, what are you doing? I just spent a bunch of money on the Euro train passes. There's not one coming in and we got to check in at Airbnb and we have all these things to do on the itinerary. Why would you go order the coffee and the croissants? Are you out of your mind? It leaves in five minutes. She's like, oh no, babe, don't worry. 
we have uh, we have two minutes to get the coffee. We have like a one or two minute walk to the train station, and we'll be sitting there for like sixty seconds or one hundred and twenty seconds. We'll be fine. I'm going crazy right now because I'm super orderly. I want to be on there on time and all that stuff. And what ends up happening is she's right. We we get the croissants, we get the coffee, we do the two minute walk, we get on the train station. We're literally there for sixty to one hundred twenty seconds. The doors are still open. Um, and then the doors close and I'm like, baby, we like never do that again. That caused me so much stress. And she's like, do you like the, the chocolate croissants and the coffee? I'm like, I love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it does have its pros and cons and, and just setting expectations around your personality. Well, definitely yeah. check this test out uh, together with your uh, partner. And uh, we actually did it also on a third or fourth date. He just gave me that test, but it was very interesting for me as well. And uh, uh, we realized that we were matching surprisingly how much we were matching. And then it gives you a review of how uh, it works with your partners and some pra- practical advice. So that's another tool in your kit. Yeah, definitely take advantage of that one. Oh, yeah. One thing that is super important, a lot of people think it's all about these large goals and mutual goals in life. And I think that although that's somewhat true, the most amount of your time is going to be spent with your partner doing the same things every day. So one thing that we do every time I come home from a jog or a bike ride with a dog, I come home and say, baby, I'm home. And then she'll come to the door I'll, if I'm listening to a podcast, I'll pause it and put it down on the counter. And she'll jump on me, give me a bunch of kisses and be like, oh my God, I miss you so much. Never leave me again. And uh, Even though it was 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, Never leave me again. Yeah, I could, I could be gone for 10 minutes. But it's that, the small things in life is what is going to prolong your relationship. When a dog comes up to you every day and if you have a dog, they come, as soon as you open the door, they wag their tails and like, ah! And they, they roll over on their stomach and you're like, oh my God, I love you so much. Like, thanks for loving me. And they never miss a day. And the reason why we love dogs so much is because they're our companions. They love us to death unconditionally. And if we can do the same for our partners whenever they come home, jump on them, love them, kiss them, smooch them, that is what's going to make a relationship amazing long term. It's the small things day to day. Do you guys have a routine to, for intimacy, date nights, small things, just having each other's back? That is what is important in a relationship, not these big events. It's just because most of your time, you're just going to be eating with each other. And and uh, although I'm not opposed to checking our cell phones while we eat, but if we put them away and really enjoy that intimacy together, I think that is very special. We covered lots of topics today. And uh, what's next? So right now we have one of our buildings is being constructed for I'm converting a house into an apartment building, which is the biggest investment of my life. And I'm, I'm super excited. It's going to be done about uh, two months from now or a month from now. So that's that's so exciting. Um, so while that construction is going on, we're living at a cottage right now. We're off grid, getting super connected, playing lots of instruments, doing podcasting. We're releasing the websites for both of us. We got olgadavidson.com. For my wife and then we have michael-davidson.com for myself so we're going to be releasing a lot more content a lot more podcasting 
my book is going to get published at some point, probably in 2021. I'm wrapping up the writing as we speak. It's probably going to take me another month or two. And uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to helping people out with investing in real estate down the road, writing books, public speaking. And then our ultimate end goal would be to open up a retreat center for plant medicines and and all that type of stuff somewhere. Healing. And uh, on my side, COVID was a good thing in my life because it helped me to slow down a little bit and reflect more, do more journaling and do more of what I really value and do more of what I love. And I started to get more into yoga, more into different types of healing. And I'm so excited about our common retreat center. I just received my holographic sound singing balls yesterday. And uh, I'm going to take a course in November. And I can't wait to share with you having more meditations, more practices. And I'm planning on launching a course about uh, feminine energy and about relationship as well as some as some uh, meditations, uh, some yoga practices, and so on. I'm super excited for you, baby, because you've been working so hard at oh, doing... It's been working even harder. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me so much space to be able to work hard, which I, I really want to give you credit for, because I've been changing places of living for a lot of times and as well as professions. I was born in a country which one doesn't exist. And then I moved to Ukraine. I realized it not much better. Then I moved to New York. Then I moved to Florida, back to New York, now to Canada. And I always been doing something what uh, other people wanted me to do or society was expecting me to do or my parents. And now I'm more aligned with my values. And one of the reasons why it also happened because I still don't have paperwork in Canada. So it gave me a lot of space for creativity and for realizing where I am. And uh, Michael also supports me right now financially because... Again, I can't even work here. And I'm very grateful for that opportunity to go deep and uh, uh, start something new and uh, nurture it. I love you. (laughs) Um, One thing that you mentioned that we didn't talk about was values. So, so many people are doing what other people want them to do. Like... Your parents, what do they want you to do? Do they want you to be a lawyer or a doctor or a certain thing? And they're forcing their values because they want to impress people of their, oh, look at my daughter, look at my son, they're a doctor or they're a lawyer or they're an accountant or whatever it is. It's like, oh my God, just stop, right? You have your own values. Find out and uh, we'll put the details in the show notes, but there is a value questionnaire from Dr. Martini that is super helpful in identifying what do you do. So there's some questions that you should know. Like, what do you do on a day-to-day basis that no one has to tell you you should do? When you say, I should probably do that, that is wrong. Do stuff that you naturally do. What is it in your environment, for example, that is flooded in your house For example, for us, we have tons of personal development books. That's something we're passionate about. We have tons of musical instrument. That's something we're passionate about. We're in a cottage, off-grid, learning, reading, all that stuff. So our top values or for mine is personal development, wealth growth, and the last one is recreation. 
So I, I'm prioritizing my life around those top values. And then Olga, your top values are? Uh, mine is family, uh, self-development. And the third one, I was surprised. The third one was uh, aesthetic beauty. So I had no idea that it's important for me and that I need extra time and organizing my space, organizing my creative area and so on. Yeah. And what's really interesting about values is generally your values are based off of your biggest voids in life. So for me, I grew up and my teachers told me I was unintelligent. I had learning disabilities and all this other stuff. So I felt like I was, you know, a lack of teacher, a lack of intelligence. So now what I do is I'm obsessed with research and writing and learning and becoming better at that. So whatever you generally lack as a child or growing up is something you might want to pursue, which is super cool. Unfortunately, it's very common that teacher gave a diagnosis to the baby saying that, oh, you, you have a, a learning disability or the other one when you distract, get distracted. ADD. Yeah. Most, in, in most of the cases, it's just because kid is not interested. And the reason why we procrastinate or we have limited beliefs around ourselves, again, as Dr. DiMartini said, that we just don't do what we love to do. Once you find what you love to do, you are not procrastinating. You become confident and uh, your wings open up and you just go and conquer the world. And fish is not supposed to fly or cat is not, not supposed to swim. Just find what's yours and don't listen to people who say that you are limited or don't listen to yourself when you say that you are limited because you're not. There's so many people right now that are doing jobs they hate, using the money to impress people that they don't like. And it's absolutely crazy. And they're not managing their money properly. And that's something I'm super passionate about is trying to help people find out what their vocation is and how they can transform their life and get optimized in all the different areas, health, wellness, vitality, mindset, et cetera, finances. Um, what's cool is today in modern society, you can do anything you love and be super successful at it and make a ton of money. And if you, if you don't like money, you can donate it to your favorite causes or whatever, but you can be really good at, at giving value to society and receiving value back. And one story that I heard on a training seminar this past weekend was about a lady who basically loved hanging out with her dog. That was her top value. Just the number one thing in my life right now is hanging out with my dog. And she went through this exercise where they would just say, okay, well, how could you get paid for that? And she said, you know what? Every time I go to the dog park, people ask me for pictures with my dog. So she ended up going to the dog park. And next time somebody said, hey, can I get a picture with your dog? This was early 2000s before the iPhone. She said, yeah, five bucks. And everyone's like, oh, you're ridiculous. You're ridiculous. But then one person gave her $5 for the picture. She then went home, dressed the chihuahua, from random clothes in her closet and went the next day. And then she had a ton of people purchasing pictures with her dog. There was a marketing agency person sitting on a bench and he said, that's hilarious. We're actually looking for an animal to be featured in one of our videos and our commercials or something like that. That lady went on to be featured in tons of different commercials with the Chihuahua. 
And she made a career living $25 million with a freaking dog. And you're wondering, like, dogs don't live 25 years. Well, she ended up just getting a new chihuahua that was cute every, like, I think three times over her career when they got old. And then she would just retrain it and redress it up. So this woman made $25 million in 25 years, retired with a fortune, loving her life, doing what she loved. And now with social media and stuff, you can literally do, you can get paid to just have an Instagram account. It's crazy. So do what you love, folks. Find a great partner or improve your relationship with your partner. If it's not working out, I don't know what type of advice we can give you. But one thing that really changed for me was if you're in a relationship that you know is going to end, that might not be strong enough because you're so comfortable. What you have to have is something that's more painful than that comfort. And for me, it was, there's a soulmate out there. There's my wife living out there somewhere. And if I don't let go of the relationship, I will not be ready to meet my soulmate. And that was so painful for me. I transitioned. So I hope that you guys, if you're in a bad relationship that's toxic or not good or full of insecurities or codependencies, you just got to say, look, I am ready to meet my future partner. Just think how you will feel once you meet that person. What type of uh, daily routine you'll have? What type of common dreams you'll have together? What type of house you would live together? How would you like to greet each other? And uh, just imagine it and let the universe to give you the greatest gift. You guys are worth every amount of love in this universe. We love you guys so much. Thanks for tuning in. We love you and we hope to see you on the channel and podcast as much as possible. Feel free to reach out via email or drop us a line on social media. And if you have any topics which you would like to learn about more, just let us know and we would love to record more for you guys. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye-bye.